developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. My biggest message to them would just get them to realize how bad our players want to play and just the guys that, you know, the guys that have come back for their fifth year, year come back off of injury. I think that uh, we, we owe it to those, to those guys the most. Uh, you know, I've, I've just seen behind the scenes and, and all the work that they put in and how much they really care about it. And um, I, I also believe all the coaches and, and all the parents, players want us to play. And they, they also say with the guidelines Ohio State has set. So I just think that's the biggest uh, message I'd like to get out to them. That is Justin Fields, Ohio State quarterback, likely the second quarterback drafted in the 2021 NFL draft. Mm -hmm. And just like Trevor Lawrence, and I said this a week and a half ago uh, when Trevor Lawrence came out and said that start, helped start or help promote and push the we want to play movement. I think there's a ton of admiration for Justin Fields and his leadership role. Again, these guys are in situations where if they don't play, it's not the end of the world from a personal standpoint, from an economic standpoint. They're going to have a pro career. You have to admire the guys that really have more to lose than to gain for being on the front lines of this thing. Whether you agree, whether you don't agree, what position you're in, whatever it is, you have to admire that, I think. And again, I'll say what I said about Trevor Lawrence. If I'm NFL teams, I love this sense of leadership from these guys and the ability to talk eloquently about it and what they believe in. And, and again, that doesn't mean everybody's agreeing. Uh, there's a big difference there. Uh, and, and that's a hard difference for some to calculate in their own mind. But again, I, I'm impressed with these young men, and there's so many more. These are just two of the biggest named players in college football uh, trying to do something. Uh, in this case, a petition that over, well, a couple hundred thousand have signed. It was yeah. a push by the parents in the Big Ten as well. Uh, two questions. <laughs> yeah, I never thought you'd see parents getting involved again in athletics since well, like the days of Pop Warner, but here we are. Yeah, uh, you don't live in the travel ball world, my I don't, friend. I, I don't live in the travel and, and that's by design, Brent. Not yet. Not yet. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but yet. I'll tell you right now, I was not made for that travel ball scene, but we'll see what's up. Uh, is he going to get anywhere with this? Is it going to work? And what yeah. do you think about Justin Fields and, and everybody really trying to make this push? Well, first of all, let me go on by say, start by saying this. I mean, it shows you why I love the game of football and why it's such a powerful sport, right? Because like you said, Brent, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, they don't have to do this, all right? Their their career paths are already set up for the next 15-plus years. And guess what? In that path, it revolves around a lot of money. So congratulations to them. But this is essentially them trying to help out their peers, trying to help out you know, maybe the smaller guys who aren't going to go to the NFL but cherish their college football years. This is for them. So I appreciate what Justin Fields right now is trying to do. Whether or not it's going to pan out and get what he, the results that he's looking for, I highly doubt it, okay? Like, I think the Big Ten is pretty much, you know, kind of set foot in their ways of how they're going to handle this year along with the Pac-12. 
And unfortunately, and it sucks to say, and I've been so adamant about this, it's not fair, okay? It's not fair that your peers on other teams in the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12 right now are getting excited and are getting hyped up for their season. And it's not fair that you have to stay on the sidelines and watch as they have fun and there's nothing that you can do about it. That's not fair. So with that being said, I mean, I hate to say, man, maybe you shouldn't have went to a Big Ten school, but that's where we're at right now. I mean, that's what we're talking about, where essentially if you went to the SEC, you've been excited. You're so going to probably be the second quarterback. Staying at Georgia. All that. <laughs> exactly, man. And it sucks we have to have the conversation, but that's where we're at right now. But you know what? If worse comes to worse, I just love the fact that Justin Fields is continuing the conversation as he should. Well, in fairness, by the way, if he doesn't go to Ohio State, he might not play in the last. I mean, think about the yeah. domino of college football. It's a totally separate topic. But the domino of college football Justin Fields created, Jake Fromm probably still would have had that job. He was the incumbent there. Mm-hmm. And so Fields is sitting, and then they'd be in great shape for this year, and maybe he does play. But he goes to Ohio State, therefore Joe Burrow goes to LSU. Mm-hmm. <laughs> LSU wins a national title. Burrow wins the Heisman. Fields yeah. increases his draft stock big time by playing. And really, if he doesn't play this year, he's still going to get drafted high. Yeah. Amazing how that one move kind of was a domino for a lot of things. Since we're on the top right now of quarterbacks, too, I have to bring this up. I'd be remiss if I didn't. And I'm talking about Bison Nation, Trey Lance, okay? So... There's some people out there that think Trey Lance is the second best quarterback, um, you know, in the draft coming out. Obviously, coming from a smaller school, he has a lot more to prove. Well, North Dakota State's football season moved to the spring right now. If you're Trey Lance, what do you do? Like, are, are you comfortable with maybe being that third quarterback taken, or do you try to go to a to a, an SEC score or something like that and risk it? Because keep in mind, if you do bad, well, then what does that say about your your skills coming out? So, do you stay where you're at right now, Brendan? Say, you know what? I'm just not going to play my my whatever. I think it's his senior year or junior year, whatever it is, and I'm going to go to the draft, and hopefully they have enough tape to go off of? Or if you're Trey Lance, do you transfer someplace else and get that playing time, and if you can? I mean, I don't think... Let's just say they all go one, two, three. They're not going to, but let's just say they do. Mm-hmm. And if Trey Lance is the third quarterback, mm-hmm. well, then what's he got to gain? Two spots? Sure. One spot? Mm-hmm. Well, really one, because he's not beating out Trevor Lawrence for the top spot. So... What's there to gain? I would say no. I would say stay there. And, again, he'd be an interesting situation because North Dakota State, they might be interested in the notoriety of the spring. Or even if he just played for six weeks, they might take it. Yeah. You know? I know they like to win and they win championships and all that. But opposed to sitting out, it might benefit them to have him, of course, on the field for six games. Mm -hmm. But it also might benefit them from a notoriety standpoint Mm -hmm. to have him play for them for six weeks and kind of come to an agreement with like, hey, it's probably in your best interest. Play until like mid-February or, or a mid-March, whenever it is, and then go get ready for the draft. And you know what? In this situation, if you're going to be a top 10 pick potentially, yeah. we'll take it. Right? I no, mean, no, it'd be an interesting scenario to see how that one plays out. It's very interesting. But at the same time, too, like does not – I mean, so let's say maybe you play yeah, five, six games. That's great. But like – and listen, we don't know how the draft's going to shake out. There, there could be another Joe Burrow this year where it comes out of nowhere and all of a sudden he's like, you know, one of the top guys. I mean, Kellen Mana, Texas A&M, there's some intrigue behind him. So I'm just saying from Trey Lance's perspective, D, I mean, I guess it comes down to how confident are you on your film? You know, and it's your film, keep in mind, at North Dakota State. Well, it's you your, think he might be the second best quarterback, so I I'd do, be pretty yeah. confident. But, I mean, but what NFL I mean, you're teams just one thinking? guy. I'm yeah, just saying, I'm one but, guy. But you're going to have those views. Sure. You think you're the only guy that views that? Wait, I, yeah. don't, I don't know. I don't think so. But, 
but I'm also viewing it from the standpoint, though, Brent, where it's like, well, if he's not going to play this season, I have nothing to go off of. Well, let's see these guys that are rising. Let's see these Kellen Mons. You know, let, let's see the, the, the Castello from Mississippi State. Let's see these guys, see what they have to offer, because you know what? I got recent film to go off of from them. I don't have recent film on Trey. Yeah, uh, the only concerning thing with a lot of these guys that wouldn't play this year, potentially, is the fact that they've had a lot of time off. Yeah. Uh, and how much is that going to concern a team? I don't know. You know, I don't I don't know. I, we'll see. But I don't I think the tape is the tape. The tape got him into the conversation. Sure. The, the having new tape just because it's 2020 instead of 19. Uh, it's well, still HD from last year. No, yeah. it, it, it's not a bad point. And keep in mind, too, as well. Remember Josh Allen, the quarterback out of uh, Wyoming. Yeah. Remember his I think it was a senior year. It was kind of horrible. Like, they didn't have a good year at all. No. And you saw where he still went, right? So I agree with I guess if the hype is there, the intrigue's there, it doesn't really matter. And guys like him, guys like Carson Wentz mm-hmm. and others mm-hmm. over the years, from Tony Romo at Eastern Illinois and others, they've proven that you can come out of there and be good quarterbacks in the NFL. Correct. So that doesn't scare people. That small school stuff might scare you on a lot of other guys. Yeah. doesn't on the quarterback position if you got the tools. It's a good point. Like Joe Flacco, another example. I mean, hey, won the Super there's Bowl. A, there's a litany of examples, yes. uh, really, at the quarterback position. Good point. Uh, Back to the Fields thing, though. Yeah. I, one thought about this. This is interesting. This is going around a little bit, and I wonder if people have a point here. They had the We Want to Play movement mm-hmm. and the – what was the other movement out of the Pac-12? Uh, we we Want to Play and uh, Stand United? Or no? We Are United. We Are United, sorry. We Are we United, United yeah. And And that was to get more power for the student-athlete. Right. And amongst COVID-19, some testing uh, assurances. Now, the NFL, the NCAA actually came out and issued some of those. No waivers. No, uh, uh, you can't lose your scholarship. Those kind of things. But isn't it fascinating that a couple weeks later, essentially, players of the Big Ten and parents in the Big Ten are saying, give me a chance to sign a waiver. I, I literally thought the same, same thing when I was driving here today. Yeah. I mean, so this is what – when we were talking about the decisions made, the schedule being launched by the Big Ten, then the cancellation, and you think about the myriad of reasons what could happen. Yes, science. Yes, liability. Mm-hmm. Uh, the numbers of COVID-19. Not enough testing. Uh, the money to do the testing. All of these things. We did throw out there how much – is involved with positioning Mm -hmm. for the player movement because this likeness and image stuff is going to take place next year. Everybody's going to be forced to do it. Is this their last chance to stand against the players trying to ask for more, 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 more in the NCAA? And to me, the way this is now played out, it almost feels like that might have been part of the reasoning because – now you've basically said to the players, all right, you want all these things? How bad do you want it? Yeah. Are you willing to sit out? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to not play? Yeah. So when you ask to be a little bit more unionized and you you want more rights, which I'm a big fan of, by the way, for student athletes. Sure. You also bring the negotiation table into play mm-hmm. and the power play into play. And, again, I don't strictly think this is why the Big Ten did their thing. But, yeah, it makes you wonder if it was one of the six or seven underlying themes of trying to prevent 
saying, oh, yeah, you you want to hold us uh, mm-hmm. to the fire. Watch this. Yeah. Now they're basically saying, yeah, we'll we'll come well, sign our lives away to go play. Isn't it, isn't it ironic, too, that if, if they would have, yeah, I get, you know, sign your life away. I mean, that's an aggressive way to put it. But yes. if, they, if they want to sign their waiver in the beginning, you know, and not get the NCAA involved, it makes you wonder where would you be right now? Would we be talking about a Pac-12 season? Would we be talking about a Big Ten season? More than likely. So I agree with you when, listen, I don't think that the Big Ten was set out to be like, you know what, you guys are getting a little too uh, rambunctious over there, getting a little too much power hungry. Let's go ahead and taper this down a little bit. I don't think that was the case at all. But if you're a player or if you're a player's parent now, anytime that you try to bring in, you know, a new mix to the scene, let's just say, and you try to, you know, talk about unionizing, you bring these new ideas to the forefront, they will be met with some kind of repercussions. That's just the way business works, whether it's sports or not. Name any business. That's the way it goes. So I do agree with you. Where I don't think it was the main point, but I think it was still the, you know, the, the, the president saying, hey, you guys are getting a lot of power right now, and we respect it, and we're happy for you. But at the same time, right now, where we stand today, it's still our show, so you better act accordingly, or here's what's going to happen. And we've seen what's happened. You don't have sports now, and you've seen what's happened where players want to sign a waiver, but unfortunately, it's too late. Let's shift over to the NBA. NBA playoffs are underway. Utah lost to Denver in overtime by 10. Kuz met the uh, spread. Yeah. You met the over. Yeah. So things are good here yeah. at Action Sports Shacks on great. ESPN 690. Toronto's. I mean, whopping yeah. Brooklyn. I mean, this would be TV, TVMA right now from what I'm watching here on my, <laughs> my, my laptop or on my whatever desktop screen. Like, turn the channel. It's uh, it's getting brutal there in Orlando. Uh, who you got, guys? Let's go, Driving Dish Podcast. Who's bringing in on the conversation? Uh, Toronto, obviously, will have no problem in general, not just in this game, but yeah. you figure it would win. Who do you have in the Denver-Utah series? Conley missing a few games because of the birth of, birth of his child. Depending yeah. on when he gets back, he could miss up to three games. Maybe it's four or even more. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what do you think in that series? Now that Denver's up one, nothing uh, you could lean that way. Oh, no, without a doubt. And listen, to me, with Denver it's the same story every single year, right? They're one of the underrated teams because nobody talks about the Denver Nuggets. To me, though, when you talk about that team, and I, I get it, you got, uh, is it Jokic? Or cause there's like Jokovic. Jokic, thank you, the Joker, let's just call him. You got him, and I get it, he's kind of the, the all-star on that team, but to me it comes down to Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray, when he's on, is one of the best shooting point guards in the entire NBA. He can score it. The, the guy can score at absolute will. I mean, so much to the fact that Kobe Bryant actually invited him to his like elite camp last year to kind of show him some skills a little bit. So like Jamal Murray, to me, he's the X factor, maybe of the entire bubble, let's just say. When he's on, he's almost unstoppable. But you saw it last year. When they played the Trailblazers, he fell off, and he vanished. And I don't think he's forgotten about that. Portland obviously won that series. Nuggets got sent home. So to me, with that, at least with the Jazz Nuggets series, it depends on Jamal Murray. And according to game one, man, he's coming out pretty hot. Donovan Mitchell, by the way, 57 points in the loss. Who's more underrated, Dame Lillard or Donovan Mitchell? Ooh. Uh, Now, probably Donovan Mitchell, right? Well, with all the hype Dame has around him because of the bubble, I guess you would say that. But I think career-wise, it's still Dame. Interesting. Mitchell's still so young. Philly, you know? Boston, do your Sixers have a chance? No, not at all. They're going to maybe get one game. Like, I'm so I'm so out. Brown, Brown's going to get fired. I'm just, we're working on next season. 
And Kuz, well, once again, because I asked the question before. Don't trust the process. No, yeah. I am trusting. We're on a new process. But with, with ben, ben Simmons going to be out for a little bit, right? Or is he, he had surgery, yeah. yeah. He's, so he's done. So do you want to see them going forward? Do you want to see him keep Ben Simmons right and maybe get rid of Embiid or trade, you know, well, do something with that? Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. I, I think it's easier to build around Ben Simmons than it is Embiid, and Embiid. I think if you trade Embiid, you get more for him yeah. uh, it, potentially in a trade. Yeah. And so I think maybe that's something you take into consideration when deciding something like that. Dallas is such a fun team, but do they have enough to threaten the Clippers, who many believe are the team to beat? Yep. I can't, I can't, uh, this is what bothers me about like, you know, all the shows I was listening to the new guys here on, on the lineup and they're all like, you know, the Mavericks have a chance, you know, Portland's had like eight playoff games coming in. LeBron's not ready. I'm like, guys, let's <laughs> calm down. Yeah. Like it, they are going to, uh, what did I, I, on Friday I said it, you didn't like it. They are going to get clapped. It yeah. is not going to work. Yeah. They maybe get one game. I, I, you know, we made the the playoff bracket for our our website to to get people to vote. It's very chalky for me. Like I'm gonna just, it's all the higher seeded teams in the first round to me. See, well, and my opinion about the, the Dallas Clippers game. Listen, the Clippers are dangerous because they can beat you any way they want to. They can play great defense. They can outscore you. But the problem with Dallas, though, Kuz, and listen, I, I wouldn't be sticking up for them if they weren't my dark horse team like I called when we first started doing these predictions. I think Dallas is going to win a couple games. I think that the Clippers might try to get in a track meet with, with the Dallas Mavericks. And Luka Doncic has already showed, and you got the, the unicorn and Przingis showing that, you know what, they can keep up with anybody. And I think if the Clippers want to play that game, they can be in for a rude awakening. So I can see some high-scoring affairs here for a little bit. But at the end of the day, I can see Kawhi Leonard clamping down on defense, and it's going to be too well, much. But, but I see Dallas winning two games. I got two games, Brent. Two that's games. what I see. I think, I think, the, I think the first game is really going to dictate what's happened. I think if the Clippers really slow it down and lock down defensively, it can... It could spell some problems. Is there any pressure on Kawhi to be like? Listen, Kawhi Leonard has been a really good player for a long time. Everybody knew he's a good player, but last year they found out he's a great player, and maybe some say the best player. Yeah, you know, there's that argument out there. So now people go in expecting that out of Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, he's to. always been able to fly under the radar because San Antonio was under the radar. Toronto is under the radar. Mm-hmm. Now you're not under the radar. It's going to be interesting to see how he reacts to that kind of pressure. I know he's this calm, cool, silent assassin. I get it. Yeah. And he's probably going to be just fine. But I think that part of it is different from anything Kawhi Leonard's had to deal with in the past. See, yes and no, though, Brent. Because if you look at the, the Raptors team from last year when he won, it was essentially all him. Like, yeah, you, had, you had Kyle Lowry, but, I mean, come but on. But it was Toronto, man. But, okay. But my point is, listen, they asked Kawhi Leonard to do a lot of things last year in those Eastern Conference Finals even. Like, hey, by the way, we get your score like 25, 30 points a game. Can you also guard Giannis out of the Kempo? Yeah, we understand he's got you by height and wingspan, but you have to guard him one-on-one for the whole game. Good luck with that. And you know what? Kawhi Leonard kind of did. So I think Kawhi Leonard had, a, had that role where he was like, I have to do everything for this Raptors team to be successful, and he did. Now you have a team with Patrick Beverly. You got Paul George. You got Marcus Morris. You got a lot of talent around him. I think even more talent than the, the Raptors had. Yes, there's pressure on Kawhi Leonard because now he's more of a household name. But at the same time, they're not asking him to do as much. So with that being said, I think there's actually less pressure on Kawhi Leonard this year. Yeah, wow, interesting. Uh, out in L.A., maybe, maybe because they do play the under 
talked about role because yeah. of the Lakers and LeBron and Anthony Davis. So uh, we'll see. Driving Dish podcast, new one drop over the weekend, Coos? Yes, uh, we did a little playoff preview for all the teams and what we thought was going to go down. Yeah, all right, well, we'll see how right you are. So as far as like the, you know the the opening games and everything, any, any surprises in the first round? You got them pretty much chalk. I mean, yeah, so far, yeah, I think all was chalk. I think when we did the preview, um, the the last games hadn't played for the Heat and Pacers to decide which one was four or five, but then we had the debate. It was like, does it matter if you're the home team or the away team, really, because you're in the bubble? <laughs> Not at all. Um, and even those, I felt like, you know, I, I'm, I'm leaning more of the Heat. But, you know, that's that's probably the one that's the most exciting to watch is the Heat Pacers. See, to me, the one I'm keeping an eye on here uh, as far as an upset in the series, Oklahoma City Thunder. All right. We talked about Billy Donovan a little bit. Um, Russell Westbrook is out right now as far as we know how long. Time will tell. But the Thunder are playing some good that's basketball. That's another 4-5 matchup, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And they're playing some good team basketball. Well, I think the Rockets would be the favorite, though, to win the series, right? Would you say or not? Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I would say probably out of all the players, I would say they have probably the best yeah. in Harden. So, yeah. And I just think that if you're the Rockets, you live by the three and you die by the three, that's gravy and everything, man. But in a series like this where you start to go cold, you have something to fall back on. You don't have any big men. You're a short team. If you get that three, they play good defense on you. You're going to find some problems. I think the, uh, the Thunder can pull it off. Uh, by the way, Live Local Loud, a new show. We start in our lineup coming up uh, tonight at 6 o'clock, so just about 40 minutes away. And uh, that show will be on today, even though there are some NBA games. And then we'll hand off around 8.30. Usually it'll be a 6 to 9 show, but there'll be some preemptions because of the NBA playoffs and other uh, responsibilities from a play-by-play standpoint here on ESPN 690. Tonight's show should go uh, at least till 8.30 because the 9 o'clock tip uh, for the Dallas Clippers game, and you can hear that one right here on ESPN 690. One other NBA note, I I, I get lost in the COVID-19 conversations because, quite frankly, they're mind-numbing at times. Uh, I even said this to somebody the other day, you know, we've talked a lot about COVID-19, and you have to do it compared to what's going on with training camp and how sports are coming back and all that, and some of them have been very uh, interesting conversations but after a while, you do you're like, oh my gosh, we got to talk about this again. Uh, and even if you if you saw some people this weekend, like how many times did you talk about COVID nineteen when you talked to somebody, like a neighbor, a, a friend? It's always in the conversation. It's a hot topic, man. I mean, it's just in the con- whether it's how are the kids going back to school? It's like. <laughs> I like I said to Steph like uh, yeah. we were going for a walk yesterday. I was like I'm kind of tired of the COVID nineteen. Like I cannot get away from it. Yeah. Like I understand what it is, but like Sports. I cannot get away. We talk about it Monday through Friday and how it pertains to sports, and on Saturday and Sunday uh, we're talking about how it pertains to kids going to school or whatever else. It's like just stop the car. What especially like we're talking to friends from different places, you know, in Kentucky or Wisconsin. How you guys handling over there? Oh yeah, got that today. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I'm doing the best that I can. Yeah. Talk to the, the two million people in Jacksonville how they're handling. I don't know. I'm doing the best <laughs> that I can right now. I'm just trying to make it, man. So, but anyway, th- there was a big uh, breakthrough potentially over the weekend with the help of the NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a big story floating around on yeah. the weekend. Where now, were you when the NBA saved sports? I, uh, well, they stopped sports and then saved sports. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they created the problem and then fixed it. <laughs> yeah. Brent couldn't even finish his players' championship. Uh, that's shame. right. Yeah. But the the whole deal here, the Cliff's Notes version of this, is it would be a saliva test. And they're working with Yale on this, but at the NBA, the NBA PA, uh, the Players Association, has been a big part of it. And 
it's saliva based testing. Mm-hmm. So instead of the annoying swab testing, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, is, is just that, you know, yeah. and throat swabs, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So that would be easier. Mm-hmm. The results would be 24 hour based. Like so it's that. rapid results, which is a big thing. It's not a lot of the, the, the getting back to normalcy, if you will, or somewhat is not we need a vaccine. We need to find what's going to cure this. It's more the rapid testing. The, mm-hmm. You know, can you get the test quicker mm-hmm. uh, on a whole? And I think uh, I saw in this article, at least the cost would be something like 10 bucks, which would probably make it cheaper. I think the costs are more than that right now yeah. for the testing that's going on. So fingers crossed this goes somewhere. But the FDA approved it. I mean, it was like a big thing. Mm-hmm. Now we just got to see if it where it goes, if it works, all that stuff. But the NBA and sports right at the forefront. I will go back to what I said way back, all the way back in March, uh, in April. As we knew we were living through an historic time, it's amazing amazing the collision between this pandemic and sports. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and when they write the history books about it, sports will be very much part of the conversation of what occurred, what didn't occur, uh, all of it, all yeah. the documentation of it. And this could be another footnote in that conversation. It just goes to show you that it's more than just a game, right? I mean, you want to talk about shaping uh, society's landscape for, you know, for time to come. I mean, it, it starts in with the NBA, you know, and it's at the forefront right now. So it's great to it's great to hear. Obviously, hope um, that these tests come back. You know, I don't want to say positive because that would sound bad, but you know, hopefully they work. And we can get a good diagnosis of what exactly, uh, you know, people have. That'd be fantastic. And Coos, your job is going to be to find the biggest Kleenex manufacturer in the United States. And we're going to buy stock in that Kleenex manufacturer because think about it. Every time you spit into something, like, like a dentist office, what do they have for you? They have a little Kleenex, a little wet nap to wipe your mouth with when you're done with it. If people start taking these spit tests, people need wet naps. People need some kind of Kleenex to wipe your mouth with. Mm. Boom, red stock market. Let's go. Very good. Uh, I'm Stop always giving scheming. away our tips. I'm always scheming. Wait, is that like insider trading right there? I might be. Should I have said that? Hit the dump button. You're working on like, uh, <laughs> and, I, and I thought you were just working on an eight, eight uh, layer parlay over there. Oh today. no, man! You, got a lot more happening. Hey, you know this old noggin's always working. It's always turning. Uh, one other basketball note, by the way, the NCAA in terms of hoops, mm-hmm. uh, according to Dan Gavitt, uh, runs the NCAA. Uh, basketball uh, division, I think it is. Uh, that's not his official title, but I think uh, he's legit. Used to live right up the road from me, where I grew up, actually. Uh, and they said they're going to make an announcement of some kind in mid-September mm-hmm. and get the feel for whether they can start on November 10th for basketball. So that will be a, a big thing. There's already been bubble talk with the NCAA. Can they pull it off? Could they do it? And we talked about it on our show late last week. So by the time they get to the NCAA tournament or the the conference season in basketball, they've got to figure something out. They have ample time and ample people in front of them to see what it has gone on. They have to be much more transparent and solution-based than, oh, than yeah. the college football world was for all of this. Listen, there's, I mean, with all due respect to the NCAA basketball committee or whatever, but there's no excuse this year for not having a tournament, right? Because the NBA is pulling it off. Obviously, um, you know, classes and, and being a student should come first. Sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, though, if you have, like, the online learning and things like that, you can have some some kind of bubble, you should be okay to have that tournament. Yeah, very good. Uh, We'll see what happens uh, with all of that. So that's what's happened with the NBA. When we come back, uh, what happened at Jags practice, we'll we'll revisit. And also, comeback player of the year already wrapped up in the NFL. Uh, The story of Alex Smith really is an amazing one. But it's an interesting one. Mm -hmm. Do you want to see him play football again? 
I think it's a fascinating view we have on Alex Smith, and it's something I think many people actually agree on in a lot of respects. So we'll talk about Alex Smith when we come back. Hey, a reminder to sign up for the Action Sports Shacks Dream 18. You go to actionsportshacksdream18.com. It'll be September 14th at the Golf Club at Southampton. COVID-19 measures will be in place. We have a limited field, but we're still going to have our event and uh, raise some money for charity. St. Michael's Soldiers and North Florida Junior Golf Foundation. Thanks to our friends at Fields Cadillac, the law offices of Ron Scholes, Best Bet, and others. Sign up at ActionSportsJackStream18.com. We'll be back on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. But we could really take this show off the rails if we wanted to go all, like, half politics, half sports. Austin Lane. I mean, have you been on Twitter lately? Do you, do you want 100000 extra $100,000? Do you want a scholarship? Let's go. Politics when we get back here. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. About Leonard, man, I really do believe Leonard is one of the best backs in the NFL, personally. And this year, I've really got to be able to connect with him off the field and know what type of person he is, not just player, but person. And he's changed a lot, you know, in my eyes, just be able to talk to him more. Man, we talk about life, family. And literally football, every time we talk, he's a great, he's really a great person. I know he gets perceived as, uh, a, a, you know, one of those bad words. But Leonard is a guy that is growing, and he's going, growing in his career, going and off the field. And now the football player on the field going against him, I uh, kind of hate it. <laughs> he is a really big back, explosive, who catches the ball, who runs really great routes, who blocks in protection extremely well. So he's just one of those really versatile running backs that's uh, that's going to be a nightmare in, this, in the league for a very long time. Oh. That's why I love going against Maurice Jones every single day. Don't even touch him. Don't even look at him. Just let him go by you. <laughs> Jack Del Rio's orders. What, uh, by the way, what bad word was he thinking of? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Not sure. <laughs> Yeah, we were talking about the Leonard stuff and Josh Allen earlier uh, and what he said, and that's what he said right there in, in its entirety. But I do think it's interesting that players are aware of it, Yeah, what people are saying outside or, or whatever. And, and, of course, when the trade stuff was going on, that became pretty public. So, uh, you know, go back to about an hour ago, we were talking about Leonard Fournette, and it's an interesting uh, dynamic. And I think you got to give him credit, and he's winning over teammates if, it, if he hadn't already. If You know, you just – I think it's a dynamic that you just can't pinpoint exactly what it is. You know, I, I think it's a it's a pretty complicated one uh, at times and kind of depends who you ask. But my guess is inside locker rooms, it's a little bit like that anyway. N- not all the time, but and maybe not with someone as high profiled as Fournette. But my guess is there have been guys that you played with in locker rooms that – Oh, you know, it was a great example of this is, is the whole Jay Cutler story, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Every guy I've asked that, that I've known that's played with Jay Cutler in Chicago or maybe even in Denver, they're like, I don't know where that stuff comes from. Yeah, correct. Every, and now, I, don't, I haven't asked like 100 people, mm-hmm. but I've close to like a handful yeah. now. And I don't know where the stuff about him being a bad teammate is, bad locker room guy. I don't know where it comes from. Yeah. And now may, there's got to be somebody in those locker rooms that feels that way because that's how it gets out. Yeah, well, but let's be honest with Jay Cutler. Like, he, he had that sideline demeanor that everybody wanted to rip apart. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, it looks like he doesn't care. It looks like, well, he's also a diabetic, all right? So maybe his insulin, blood sugar is low, whatever it is. But, like, that's just the way the guy looks, all right? It's not that he does not in tune to the game or he's ticked off. That's just the way he looks. And 
one can make an argument for like when Leonard Fournette punched that guy in Buffalo, you know, or or where he was ticked off from losing a, like a minus two on on a goal line situation, and he kind of threw a fit a little bit. Like those are the situations that fans can look at, and it's like, whoa, he's not a good team guy. Like, look at him, selfish, selfish, selfish. Okay, that that's the easy way to say. But then at the same time, you don't see the intricacies of what makes a locker room a locker room, and those moments always happen. So once again, I think we're on the same page here, Brent. I've never seen anything from Leonard Fournette that made me go, you know what? This guy's a bad teammate. This guy is he's not good for the organization, and he's a cancer to the culture. I've never seen any instances, or nor have I ever heard of any instances that support that claim. It's an interesting one with uh, Leonard Fournette. Uh, that was Josh Allen talking about him as Josh Allen continues to take a leadership role. It was evident again today when he met uh, with the media. Might talk a little bit more. You noticed a move today from Josh Allen yeah. uh, that we'll talk. A, we'll get a little more in depth uh, potentially tomorrow yep. uh, or down the road with it. But it shows a little bit of his maturation on the football field as well. Jags practice today. Uh, well, it's first pad of practice. How was the energy, Brent? <laughs> energy. Yeah, that's good. Palpable, yeah, it was, palpable. It was good. I yeah. told you earlier in the show, Timmy Jernigan threw up. Yeah, uh, he first did. practice. <laughs> so, and then he got right back in there a couple minutes later. So it was hot out there. Uh, was it was it more of a water base or a Gatorade Pedialyte base? I'd say water. Water. Okay. I didn't see any, uh, or it's like the light colored Gatorade. Thank you. Okay, okay, gotcha. Gatorade ice from my vantage point. Yeah, Gatorade ice. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Um, I'll say this. I've really tried. I've gone out of my way not to be like hyperbole about the Jaguars' practices. Yeah. yeah I'm going out of my way to do it, to try I, not to. Oh, I bet you are. Uh, I did hear, and I can't repeat what he said, but like, and we're not really even supposed to repeat what we hear from coaches and stuff, but ah, we'll get away with this one. I mean, Jay Gruden was very complimentary, like toward Gardner Minshew on a couple of plays. Like, it was noticeably complimentary. Okay. Uh, which I thought was good. I mean, he continues to get pretty good reviews. Chris Conley over the weekend said, some really good things about Gardner Minshew. Yeah. Uh, in ter- how impressed he's been. And Conley's a guy that's really been around it, seen it, and doesn't usually mince words. I mean, he's not going to sit there and say, no, he looks awful, but I don't think you'd give glowing reviews just to give glowing reviews. And I thought the biggest thing about what Conley said uh, that I caught, he said he sees him taking more chances so far in camp. Mm-hmm. Some of the familiarity with the receivers may help that, but he said 50-50 types of plays where you could take a chance and a young QB often bats off, and he would back off and not take that chance last year. Maybe why the interceptions were so down. Mm-hmm. He's tra- taking that chance and executing some of those chances, so he's picking his spots a little better. Yeah, it's practice for a few days in. Mm-hmm. What does that mean when it translates to games and, and stuff? It's an interesting thought, though, about Minshew. Is that get back to the middle of the field? Does he have to take more chances this year? I mean, listen. There's going to be chances in every single game, especially when the game's on the line. So if you want the Jaguars to be in competitive games this year, then guess what? you got to take chances. Yeah, it's one thing to play from 20 points down, and you make the safe throws here. Maybe defenses are playing a little farther back and everything. You get those garbage time yards. Well, I don't think you and I want that this year, Brad. I think we want competitive, close games. And if you want to win those games, yep, there's going to be some chances there. Yeah, so anyway, uh, that's what practice kind of looked like today. No, I'll tell you one other thing I've noticed. I feel like they're crisp uh, in terms of everybody seems to know what they're doing. I I mentioned this on Wednesday, Thursday last week, and you went out there on Friday. Mm -hmm. 
COVID-19 protocols, all this stuff going on. It doesn't look like people are sitting there wondering, okay, where do I go next? Am I allowed to touch this? Uh, do you have a mask on? Uh, is yeah. my beep thing, beeper thing going to go off? My tracing, uh, you know, device? Yeah. It looks like they've acclimated to all that. Yeah. And on top of that, with some new coaches like a Jay Gruden, uh, they look like they're very well organized in terms of what they're trying to accomplish and do. And there's a, I'm, I'm not talking about a Christmas from the like execution standpoint all the time. That's too hard to tell right now. I do think there's a crispness to the flow of practice. Sure. Uh, which actually, I don't know why I would even notice that, but I mm-hmm. thought about it today a little bit. So that's a positive thing. On a day where it's really a Debbie Downer kind of day yeah. because of Rodney Gunter and, and Josh Oliver broken foot, uh, Quincy Williams core muscle surgery. Uh, obviously, Miles Jack was sick. They don't think it's COVID-19 related. All those things. The Jags have some underlying things that are okay, I think, to feel all right about, even if their roster isn't the greatest in the NFL. No, and then that was kind of my observation, too, on Friday. I didn't really talk about it, but you make up a great point here. Listen, in terms of how practices are operated now, everything's different, okay? I mean, you, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that. We're all wearing our masks out there, right? Like, we all have to stay away from each other a little bit. Um, so it is different. And you keep in mind, a very young team in that, yeah, I thought, like, as far as the way practice was set up, you know, and guys hustling to their stations, things like that, there wasn't any confusion, which, once again, I'm, I'm not sure how much stake I put into that, but I'd much rather see it like that. Uh, you know, I'd much rather see it uniform than guys wondering, like, hey, where do I go next and all that stuff. And I heard a couple times over the weekend one more thing. We knew this. But he said that the players need to be commended right now. This is probably in all sports. The bubble in the NBA, Major League Baseball, the ones that have done it the right way, and now football for the buy-in. Mm-hmm. And here in Jacksonville, they're pretty proud of the buy-in from the players to this point to adhere to all the things that they have to adhere. We'll see if that maintains. Uh, it's a young football team, but so far, a lot of buy-in. I just put out on social media, Alex Smith, he got cleared over the weekend. What a story it was. Inspiring story. As an NFL Comeback Player of the Year, I mean, is anybody going to beat that? It was like yeah. not giving J.J. Watt Man of the Year a couple <laughs> years ago. Yeah. I mean, already, here we are. Yeah. But I did just tweet this, and, I, and I'm really interested in seeing this. My gauge from everybody that talks about the Alex Smith story. Yeah. Is we watch the E6, we watch the gruesome injury. Mm-hmm. We've, we've heard about the 17 sur- surgeries. We, we saw that piece on E60, I think it was, about what he had to go through, what the family had to go through. It's almost like it, we put our arms around Alex Smith and the family and, been, and really started rooting for him, you know, as far as he had come. And now we see the actual clearance to go back to football activities and play. Yeah. And his family and celebrating over the weekend with that video that as awesome, he came out. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Just great stuff. So I don't think there's a person in, in a world we live in where everything's so divided on thoughts. Yeah. You know, you're either here or you're here and there's nothing in between. I feel like we're all right here with Alex Smith mm-hmm. and saying, man, you're unbelievable. Uh, your family, everybody, uh, this has been a trying time. It's, it's got to be awful to go through that. Mm-hmm. But what the willpower and, and the perseverance and all those words uh, really come into play. But I also feel like so many, maybe not all, but so many are on the same page in this thought. Yeah. I don't want to see him take another snap out on the football field. Mm-hmm. I Just because he's cleared to play. Yeah. 
there's something about that whole thing, whether it was what we saw on E60, the improbability of it, yeah. the actual injury that took place, and the comeback to get to this point. Yeah. And there's still something about it that doesn't look as fluid as you would think coming back from, you know, if, if a guy has a broken elbow mm-hmm. and, he, and he rehabs and he comes back, you can't tell anymore that he's going to – I don't know if it's just the, the, the black – uh, wrapping that he wears, so you know something still is there. Yeah, I just feel like collectively, as mm. fans, we don't want to see him back on the field because we're afraid what could happen. Yeah, am I wrong in reading it that way? Do we want to see him back on the field You're, or not? So I'm I'm gonna say this. You, when we first started the show, you used to always say this quote that I loved. You said nothing um, is is given to you. It's earned, okay? Yeah, you don't deserve anything. You don't deserve anything. Alex Smith has earned this opportunity. So it's not for you to say he shouldn't be out there. It's not for me to say he shouldn't be out there. It's not for Twitter or society to say, you know what? You shouldn't be out there, man. Be be smart. Think about your family. It's not our spot to say. Because, listen, and and I've shared this story before. I'm going to quick share it again because it's it's such a, a great story. And it's such a testament to Alex Smith as a person and what he believes in in the game of football. I go to Kansas City. My very first day in Kansas City, it's like two days before training camp, I get to the facility, practice facility, and I go to the lunchroom, and it's Friday, and it's fast food Fridays. I, I go, and, and you know, this is an Andy Reid thing, right? So I go into the lunchroom, I see fried chicken, man, I see pizza, I'm like... And coming from Jacksonville, where it's like tuna tartare every single day, I'm like, this is a nice <laughs> surprise. Welcome home, Austin Lane. This is my kind of spot. So I'm eating at the lunchroom by myself, because keep in mind, I got there a little late. So I'm eating at the lunchroom by myself, and all of a sudden, the team meetings break, you know, from their whatever, like their organized activity, and the team comes in. And I'm like the first, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a kid at school the first day, because I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody on this team. I'm just trying to eat my meal. Hopefully someone comes to sit by me and I can make a new friend, right? Well, (laughs) needless to say, the very first guy to come sit by me was Alex Smith. And me and Alex Smith probably had a 15-minute conversation, not about football, not about literally like, you know, where I came from, just about life, man. Just about, hey, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Wisconsin. Where'd you grow up? Yada, 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 nonstop. And... After that conversation, he had to go to more meetings after the uh, lunch period. And I asked him, like, hey, man, like, what made you sit by me? He's like, you're part of this team now. I have to know who every single one of my players, who every single one of my teammates are, your stories, and what you bring to the table. And to me, that was a testament about just what kind of person Alex Smith was. He didn't have to sit by me. Dude, I, I was on the outside looking in and making this team, right? I was, uh, I was claiming off the waiver wire. Who cares? But the fact that he made it the very first day that he saw me and realized that I was one of you know his teammates, let's just say, he sat down next to me. So with that being said, a guy as humble and just a great person like that, number one, but number two, cares about the game of football that much, I want to see him go back out there. I want to see him finish that chapter of this saga. Because you know what? Once again, he's earned it. Okay, it it, it wasn't given to him, man. He's he's earned this opportunity. And you know what? Regardless of what happens, that's on him. But he's earned the opportunity to go back out there and make everything right. Selfishly, we usually want to see these guys go out and play for our entertainment. This one's a weird one. I feel like the population does like, nah, I don't want to see that. You've made it this far. But I wonder what he needs to happen. I wonder if he needs another snap. 
another game, another win, another touchdown, another year. Yeah. I don't know. It'd be interesting to well, see. The, he might not even know that yet. Listen, but the best part is, is it's his choice, Brent. You yeah. know, it's nobody's choice but his. So good for him for doing that. That's an unbelievable story. Yeah. Uh, hey, coming up. The debut of Live Local Loud right here on ESPN 690. Then we'll have the Mavericks and the Clippers after that. And tonight on TV, I'll see you on CBS 47 and Fox 30. First and 10 training camp, 1115 on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Thanks for hanging with us on a Monday, everybody. Be well. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.